Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio. Uh, This is show number 474. And today we've got a little bit of a a, a two-header with two special guests who I'll introduce in a moment. And we're going to be exploring together uh, the latest Engage for Success research on the impact of the pandemic on employee engagement. Um, And there's some really um, great insights that we're going to be uh, revealing to you in the course of that. Um, But for our new listeners... um, um, or those who are less than familiar with, with who Engage for Success are. Um, Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement, and we are the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're raising awareness and running events through our area networks, um, both virtually and around the country, um, as well as through our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies, and shining a light on great practice. If you visit us at engageforsuccess.org. You can learn much more about the movement um, and also download and access a a huge wealth of free to use and free to download resources. Um, And you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter, which will keep you up to date with the movement, what we're doing, what's going on, um, and also the archive to our radio show. So I'm Jo Moffitt. I'm one of the regular hosts of Engage for Success Radio. But as with everyone at Engage for Success, we are all volunteers and we all have day jobs. And mine is to be Managing Director and Founder of Woodread, uh, which is a specialist creative agency where we use the tools, the techniques and the insight-led approach of the advertising and marketing world to help our clients create great places to work, high-performing cultures of engaged employees. So, to today's show, um, we, as I say, we're going to be exploring our latest research on the impact of the pandemic on employee engagement. And I'm really pleased to welcome um, two co-volunteers of Engage for Success uh, with um, co-volunteers with me uh, to to the show today. Um, Sarah Pass, who is senior lecturer at Nottingham Business School at Nottingham Trent University. And she is also an Engage for Success board member, along with myself. Um, and also um, James Courtsmith, who um, is director at Stillay and is also um, an Engage for Success board member. Both Sarah and James have been involved with the movement for many years. Um, James, right back at the very beginning with the original evidence and research report. So I'm, I'm, it's a real privilege to have them both with us today. Um, and they've been integral in uh, this latest research and so I really um, really excited to have them with us to share some of the findings with us today so Sarah and James welcome to the show thank you Joe good, good, to, you. good to have you with us I think James you are a returner but, but a very very long time ago that you were you were a guest and and Sarah you're one of you're a newbie to the to the show but as I said in our in my opening remarks both very long-standing volunteers of the movement so um, it's great great to have you with us so I wonder if we could start off perhaps Sarah first just just tell us a little bit about what you do and and your involvement with the movement uh, yeah, sure, and, and thank you for inviting me to the show. Um, I say it's uh, it's interesting being a, a, on a radio um, and having that kind of uh, conversation style uh, again, and also different to be actually talking as opposed to hosting. 
So thank you. Um, but yeah, so Absolutely. in terms of the day job, <laughs> yeah, in terms of the day job, I, I work at um, Nottingham Business School. I'm a senior lecturer there in, in HRM. Um, mm-hmm. And over the years, I've, I've spent a lot of my time working both in academia and in practice. Um, so I've, uh, many years, as you mentioned, working with Engaged Success around a number of different um, thought and action groups. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. the line manager group. Engagement Champions Group and the um, Organisational Purpose Group, which is one of our newer ones, um, and also um, hosting the um, East Midlands Area Network as well. So um, just been a fantastic, fantastic experience. And anybody thinking of volunteering, my advice would definitely be to, to do so. Um, it, 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 it's definitely been um, incredibly worthwhile. Good, lovely. Well, thank you for having having the. I don't know how, quite how you find the time to be with us on this show, given all the things that you do do. But it's great to great to have you with us. And it's it always seems that whenever we talk about something that's going on with engage with success, your name comes up. So um, you know, you're <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> always in a good way. But you're certainly a, a very active volunteer. Um, and James, as I said, a very long-standing um, volunteer and contributor to the movement. Um, so tell us a little bit about your your day job, which is very much research, uh, isn't it? And also your, your involvement with Engage for Success. Thanks, Joe. No, absolutely. Um, I, well, the day job is I'm a data scientist, so I work with data from all different sources. I suppose about a third of um, my work is in the HR space, maybe a third of it is in marketing, and then the rest is made up of operations and uh, anything you can imagine. Um, what keeps me uh, interested is variety and being able to answer questions people have been struggling with. So um, having a, a range is uh, really what um, keeps me motivated, which is really good. Um, and in terms of Engage for Success, um, I, uh, the very beginning of my career, I started in survey research um, and uh, spent a while um, in one of the large uh, engagement survey houses. And so when the original report uh, came out back, I think it was 2009. I'd contributed three or four case studies into that um, and have been, uh, yeah, been very active since. A um, couple of examples, Great. I guess, would be the team engagement diagnostic um, that we developed with Holt Eshridge uh, two years ago now, goodness me, mm-hmm. does fly. Uh, and indeed this survey and various other um, uh, thought and action groups, as, uh, as Sarah mentioned. Great, lovely. Thank you, James. And, and interesting, you were saying, you know, what you what you get you get interested and motivated by answering the questions of what do people what have people been struggling with? And I think, you know, from my perspective, one of the one of the recurring questions that I'm always being asked, um, and which is why this research we're going to be talking about is is so fascinating, is people saying, well, what what exactly is employing? What are we, what what are the levels of employee engagement in the UK? You know, we get we can get figures in globally, we can for North America, we can get figures sort of on mass. But what's actually happening in the UK? And also, really, really crucially, you know, how has it changed um, in in recent years? Because obviously, you know, the workplace dynamic has changed enormously um, over the last few years, hasn't it? With with the pandemic, which is which is sort of what we're going to be looking at today. So, Sarah, I wonder if we can begin with you. Can you tell us a little bit about the research that we're going to be uh, exploring? How did it come about? What, what did you set out to achieve? Um, you know, how did it how did it actually crystallise itself? Yeah. So, exactly what you're saying there about we often get asked about what are levels of engagement within the UK. 
Um, and also from, from many organizations who struggle with sort of resource or capacity to actually measure engagement and some of the guidance and advice on um, how to do that. And, mm -hmm. and also finding the evidence of, well, you know, in terms of the different practices and things we can do, do they impact and, and, and connect to engagement? So there's always those kind of in the background. So there was often conversations about the potential of doing something. Then obviously the pandemic came along as well. Um, and, and as you say, you know, the, the way in which we had to dramatically change our way of working, um, you know, it was, I think the, the, the term unprecedented is often used when uh, we talk about the pandemic and those massive, massive changes but also those ongoing changes. And, you know, we've we had these waves of the pandemic and and even now how we work and, you know, there's lots of discussion around hybrid working and should we be back in the office? Should we be continuing in, in different kinds of ways? So, and, and many of the questions we get asked by organizations is, um, you know, like how do we, you know, what has been the, the impact of the pandemic on engagement levels, but also how do we navigate that and, and, and move forward? So it was kind of all these different conversations that we were having that we thought um, would be really good to actually explore this in more detail. Along at the same time as an opportunity for funding that came along. Um, so Always helpful. That kind of yeah, it really does help. <laughs> so we thought, well, let's 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 actually um, let's actually do this. Um, so we got a team together, and um, we we collected we collected some data, we collected some survey data, and. Given the opportunity, given the funding, we thought, well, we can actually look at all these different areas, all these things that we often get questioned about, um, and actually have some of our own data and our own information to explore. So uh, we conducted the data and, and collected um, the, the responses um, through us of an online um, survey platform uh, last summer. Um, and um, we were able to, to look at and we asked about what were people's levels of engagement with their, their organizations before the pandemic, during the pandemic, and, and then how did they feel now? Uh, we asked them around questions on um, the, the, sort of the role of the line manager. We asked them about um, what kind of policies and practices did, did um, people have, in, you know, did their organizations have? And, um, and to really get at those kind of experiences to try and um, to, to, to together lots of different information to help inform some of our discussions mm -hmm. so that was the main kind of background right okay lovely thank you so so I mean today's so, show is called the impact of the pandemic on employee engagement um, but it's actually even broader than that isn't it because it's kind of like the impact of the pandemic but it's also the impact of what people experienced during the pandemic and what organizations did or didn't do and the impact, the varying impact of that upon people's levels of engagement. Too. So, so it's a very rich, a very rich level of research that you've done. And I know that we're, we're kind of just scratching the surface at the, at the moment. And certainly towards the end of the show, I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about what comes next. But I wonder whether we can turn to you, James, then to um, just Give us a, a bit of a flavour of some of the key findings that you uncovered in the research. Yeah, sure. Um, that, uh, I suppose determining how people experienced the pandemic was one of our key um, uh, goals with the, the survey. Alongside mm -hmm. that um, measure, yeah, the, measuring the impact of various um, approaches by employers. 
um, with the key question really being how much could employers have done? So how much control did they have? The pandemic clearly, um, hopefully a once in a lifetime uh, <laughs> event for all of us. But what's not unique about it is that it is a big external event that's not under the control of the employees or the, the leaders in the, the organization. And mm -hmm. we are right now facing a recession and um, a cost of living crisis. And so I, I think we can all expect there will be more crises, hopefully not another pandemic, um, but understanding how much uh, employers uh, are able to protect their employees and, and employee engagement during such times was uh, was the key part of it. So mm -hmm. as Sarah described, we um, took a really pretty simple approach. We asked people, how engaged were you before the pandemic? How engaged were you during the pandemic? And then we asked them, how engaged are you now? Um, and we did that uh, asking about uh, their engagement with their job, their engagement with their colleagues, their engagement with their manager, and their engagement with the organization. So we got four different um, perspectives. And uh, part, part of the reason for that is that um, as a movement, Engage for Success has always been model agnostic. So we're not um, at any point backing one particular way to measure engagement or one particular engagement model. Um, we've seen that in, uh, in most cases, they can all work well. It's about how they are deployed within the organization. Um, hence, wanting to get those uh, measures of um, different forms of engagement, organizational, job engagement, etc. Right. Uh, one um, sort of initial site is, yes, absolutely the numbers for engagement with your job or engagement with your manager differ slightly, um, but they don't differ very much. And what is very consistent is that journey through the pandemic. So it's really um, probably easy to think of it as um, people are now remembering a drop of about 11 or 12 points, 11% um, drop in engagement as they went into the pandemic, so compared to before. Uh, and people are now recalling, they're reporting that things have got a bit better, but only by about 3%. So if you've um, uh, gone underwater by 11% and then you've bobbed a little, a little way back towards the surface, but only 3% back, you're still 8% underwater, still 8% lower than um, people were before the pandemic. Right. So, uh, Probably the main headline. Um, okay. Um, and can I, sorry, can I just interrupt you a moment, James, to stop your flow? But just to clarify, um, what what kind of uh, sample base are we talking about here? Is it is it are we just talking about people in public um, public sector? Are we talking about people only in private sector? Or are we just talking about employees across the board? Thank you. That's a really important clarification. Uh, we went, uh, so we wanted to be able to report on employee engagement across the board in the UK. Uh -huh. And so the approach that we took was um, one that's um, seen in lots of academic studies. We used a um, sample supplier, in this case, Prolific. And so the sample, the people that we um, uh, took through the survey, are representative of the UK population. We then right. talk okay. about to those who were employed, and so we've got well over 800 um, responses, uh, which mm -hmm. gives us a nice uh, tight margin of error. It's, it's quite uh, okay. robust in terms of business. So, yeah, absolutely. And what's quite interesting then in that case is that that will have that will have gathered into it an audience um, or a response a respondee base who perhaps 
don't necessarily work for organizations who regularly survey their people. I mean, you know, we, we're all very familiar with the kind of way that a lot of organizations, certainly the larger organizations, um, run annual and quarterly pulses and so on and so forth of their people. But, you know, a huge number of people, particularly, say, those employed in SMEs, may never actually have the opportunity to think about these questions, might they? Indeed, no. And um, you, you're actually prompting one, one of our thoughts oh. next steps or de- uh, development <laughs> yeah. as we move forward is to, uh, to ask specifically about that so that we can report on what proportion of the population is being left out from all of these engagement measures. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So what you're basically saying is that, that as, a, as a sort of um, first snapshot figure is that during the pandemic, employee engagement dropped between about 11 and 12 percent on those four measures that you, you talked about, but it's bobbed back up. But we're we're still in a minus nine percent position versus what we were just beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and we we are very clear that we this isn't a longitudinal study, so we didn't take um, individuals measure their engagement back before the pandemic and then track them through. Um, Mm -hmm. However, we do still think it's really relevant because it's a representative survey and we're asking everybody how they remember their experience before, during uh, the pandemic and then now. Um, And that is what will be talked about. So if people talk to colleagues or friends, what they will be speaking from is how they remember it. Um, And so the measures that we have, albeit that they are recollection, that recollection is really important because it's what influences people's attitudes, their beliefs, their behaviours right now um, mm. will be informed by how, how they remember experiencing the yeah. pandemic. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Now, that's a good start point. Thank you, James. Okay, so where do we go from there? Well, I suppose one of the... Um, uh, trying to, to pick a highlight or two for the, for the, the mm. chat now, obviously, there's a huge volume of... Um, data in there. So we have a, a report, there's a um, presentation that we gave in, in November, which is available via the, um, the Engagement Success website, and we might come mm-hmm. on to that. Um, mm-hmm. key, key, some key findings that you would, that you would like to highlight. Yes, and so we looked, um, I suppose I would highlight two things really. One, that we looked at the impact of contact with a line manager. Um, mm-hmm. And um, the reason for that is that it's well established, I think, in the literature that uh, the line manager probably has the largest impact on team engagement. Um, yep. And uh, you know, so we can report on that and we can see very clearly that uh, those who, um, uh, for example, had daily contact with their manager uh, or contact several times a week with their manager during the pandemic um, dropped dramatically less as a very small drop in engagement going into the pandemic uh, compared to those who had uh, very rare contact with their line manager who might have dropped uh, two or three times as much uh, going into the pandemic. So that, that's probably right. one highlight for me is that's a, that's, a, really, that's a huge figure, isn't it? I mean, that's quite a big difference, isn't it? It is huge. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. It definitely is. Um, and then I suppose the other would be coming back to that idea of, or that question around what can the employer do? Um, mm. And Sarah was describing that we, um, uh, we recorded different methods of involvement, for example. So, i.e., 
were face-to-face -face meetings going on? Were virtual meetings happening? Were there forums and, and discussions? Um, and for each of those, we're able to see that same journey through the pandemic, the drop of overall, it was about 11% and then recovering about three, but actually where there were goods involvement methods available, um, the drop was much smaller. It was about half that. And okay, and what, what would you describe, sorry to interrupt, but what would you describe as good involvement methods? What are the kind of things, what are the kind of things then that employers did that actually mitigated um, some of that reduction, not only some of that reduction in engagement, but also, I suppose, the bounce back that you reported at the beginning. Yeah, well, what we're really seeing, I suppose, is um, a, a combination of factors um, or providing choice to employees. So uh -huh. we can and we, we, we will be in the reports um, identifying differences between, for example, face-to-face -face meetings and, and virtual meetings. Um, the face-to-face -face meetings seem um, more effective, but the virtual meetings were by far, were far more common um, during the pandemic, as we will all remember, I'm sure. It's difficult yeah. to meet face-to-face -to -face for a long period. Um, but we also looked at um, training and development that was available, at online well-being offerings, things like um, uh, you know, online counselling, uh, anonymous feedback channels. And for me, the... Um, the overview or the summary would be that um, providing options, providing choices uh, to your employees is what worked best for employers, um, i.e. when several options were available, we see that journey, uh, um, we see engagement's journey through the pandemic as much healthier, i.e. much smaller drop and better recovery uh, than when only one or two methods of interacting or training or communication um, or online well-being support. Um, so the limited numbers seem to work less well. And I, I think that's because when you provide options, it allows each person to pick one of those that works well for them. But if you only provide email to everybody, then there will be a tranche of uh, people for whom that, doesn't, that isn't well suited and doesn't work well. So that would probably be my takeaway would be ensuring that there are options um, available that allow employees some choice and some flexibility to select those that uh, work best for them. Okay, interesting. I mean, that was flexibility, uh, treating people as individuals um, and recognizing that people's preferences will vary uh, and their, certainly their personal circumstances will vary. And that really came into sharp, sharp relief during the pandemic, didn't it? Where, you know, people who are trying to homeschool their kids and work from home, for example, you know, their particular way that they were able to live their working life and balance it with their family responsibilities or caring responsibilities was, was, was quite stark. So flexibility was a word that really came to the fore um, during that time and, and it's been borne out by what you've seen in the research then. So that's interesting. The value of it has been borne out by what you've seen. Yes, I think so. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, was there was there anything um, was there anything in there that that surprised you either because you weren't expecting to see it or the impact was much greater than you would have perhaps imagined it might be? I guess for me personally, um, it would be that that we didn't see any difference in um, the journey of engagement through the pandemic for managers versus frontline staff. 
Um, we're all used to seeing from any engagement survey ever, I'm sure, is that managers always get higher engagement scores than frontline staff. And we find that too in our survey. Um, mm-hmm. We have se- several different measures and they all show that same thing. Um, mm-hmm. But the journey to the drop of about 11% going into the pandemic and partial recovery, maybe 3% recovered since, um, is the same, whether um, you're a manager or not. Um, and so that was a surprise to me that um, actually managers were no more and no less uh, impacted uh, during the the pandemic. Um, yeah, just yeah. interesting. Well, Sarah, from your perspective, were, were there were, were there things that you were expecting to find that were that came out differently, or things that surprised you? No, not su- surprised me as such, but I suppose sometimes it was the um, the, the, the sheer number, the high levels of, of the drop, um, and the, and the the impact, the the, the differences in, I seem to say, organisations that were providing options. Um, and the, the 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 good example would be those providing health and wellbeing offerings. Um, so we looked at those that were providing several different types of options. Um, not, and again, it's not necessarily that the employee was using them. It was just knowing that they were there if they needed it. And um, we can see that employees that worked in organizations that provided no, none of those kind of support saw a drop of 13%, whereas those that were providing sort of four or more different types of options saw a 1% drop. And that's a significant difference and a significant yeah. kind of experience. So it is really that those kind of figures, the, the, the huge contrast in figures from organizations who are actually actively doing something compared to those that weren't um, and, mm. and the impact that had on the drop, that, that to me really stood out. Mm. And, and James, did it surprise you that there were so many organizations who during this period actually would appear to have done pretty well nothing? Um, yes, I suppose it was a little disappointing to see so few um, doing nothing. Um, it's that than you know ha- have it be missed. Uh, so yeah, it certainly was a shock that um, mm. so many uh, were in that position. And I suppose we've been talking about that sort of summary or the overview of how much uh, the employer could could protect engagement by providing these um, various you know, methods of interacting, of training and of communications, really, is all, all we're talking about. Um, and, um, yeah, it's really stark that um, about half of employees in the UK um, didn't get a great experience on any of those. And so they're engaged, they now report their engagement as 12% lower than it was before the pandemic. So the, the, the net, the sort of where are we now compared to beforehand, um, mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's not a tiny group. Those who did experience good involvement methods, training methods, and comms methods is about one in eight uh, employees in the UK. So, yeah, more, more than a tenth, one in eight is not too bad. It's, it's a, a decent chunk. And actually, for them, uh, they're back, at, at back where they were. So their engagement now is almost exactly the same as they reported their engagement before the pandemic. And so, again, that, you know, the difference between protecting what you had um, for about one in eight employees versus being 12 points behind where you were for half uh, the, the workforce. Um, yeah, it's really stark. Mm. 
really stark, isn't it? And it's interesting because it, I mean, it absolutely chimes everything you've been saying. If we think about the second enabler of engagement that was defined in the um, in the original report, and, and that, that we talk about it, engage the success. It is around the role of the line manager to coach and stretch and treat their people as individuals. Now, what what do we find in the things you've been talking about? The importance of line manager contact on a regular basis, a flexibility of offerings and interventions and training and well-being and communication and so on. In other words, treating your people as individuals and coaching them and stretching them. Um, all, all, all roads lead back to the importance of that relationship with your line manager, don't they? Yes, they certainly do. Um, and actually, for me, it was also a reminder of the importance of good comms, um, not just so that employees and teams can work together, but also so that people are aware of what is available, what is on offer. I think um, we've, 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 there's no point organizing things if people don't know they're available. <laughs> you don't yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lovely. Can we just finish up? We've got about a minute left. Um, Sarah, um, We've just, we've just done this report based on the research last summer. What, what's next? What's coming? What, what have people got to look forward to? So, yeah, so the, the report's imminent um, and uh, should be out by the end of the month um, mm -hmm. and to, to go alongside the, uh, the session we did in November, the recording of that. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, one of the big focuses was to, to do the survey again um obviously and i'm touching wood here um that we're not going to be focusing too much on the pandemic uh, we're going to be able to move away from the pandemic um and talk about engagement so that we can start looking at those trends and those those changes um and compare them to, to the data that we'd, we'd collected uh, this time right. so yeah hopefully um later on in this year um the second survey will come out and we can almost start to build a benchmark of, of what we're doing. Lovely. Excellent. So I'm just going to reiterate, um, if people want to um, either get hold of the recording of the event that we ran last year where this was first um, revealed and download the relevant slides, then you can do that at engageforsuccess.org or search Engage for Success Pandemic Impact. And that's where once the report's published, you'll also be able to get hold of the report. Um, and uh, don't forget, you can download or stream any of the shows from our radio show archive anytime at engageforsuccess.org as well. Um, so all that really remains is for me to thank today's special guest, Sarah Pass, Senior Lecturer at Nottingham Business School, and James Courtsmith, Director at Stille, uh, both Engage for Success board members and volunteers for joining us today, giving us just a flavour of that research um, and as I say you can get the full report um, online and uh, I do uh, um, heartily recommend it to you so thank you Sarah and uh, James for joining us today thank you for listening and goodbye engage for success radio raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work